Hello again, everyone. This is Eric Feeman. I'm from Truth Tabernacle Church in Wheelersburg, and I wanted to uh, extend a thank you to Brother Mills for asking me to do this again. Always consider it a great honor to be able to teach the Word of God. Um, wish it was something that I would could do a lot better than I do, but I do enjoy doing it and hope that um, something I say today would be a help to somebody that's out there. Um, we know we're getting a lot of good reports about things that are happening through this podcast, people that are listening, and uh, we're going to do this today in hopes that someone out there that's hungry for God can listen and hear and get something that and get what they need from God today. Um, I'm going to start reading real briefly here um, from Genesis chapter 6. I've got a lot of scripture verses to read in a short little time here. So I'm going to get right with it. But Genesis chapter 6, um, begin reading with verse number 13. And it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark. Thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion from which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty, fifty cubits, the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower and second and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I even do bring a flood waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under the heaven, everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant that thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wives, and thy sons' wives with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark, and keep them alive with thee, and they shall be male and female. And it goes on there in verse 20, all the way down through, it tells you, God is telling uh, Noah um, of what kind of animals and and how many animals to take into the ark and that kind of thing Um, and then verse 22 Noah Bible says that thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so did he and so uh, with that I wanted to title this little lesson here about uh, the importance of detail or you could maybe put a subtitle to it as attention to detail and we're living in a world today where everybody just wants to do things their own way. Uh, we got uh, children that want to that think they know better than mom and dad. We've got a society where everyone thinks they've got the answer and that they don't have to uh, hold to the things that we've been taught all of our lives. That we can do things our own way and it'll work out for us. But uh, I wanted to get into a little lesson today about attention to detail. So if we would, let's uh, go ahead and real quick here and pray and ask that somebody has an ear that hear this today and that something I say would be of help to someone. Lord, we ask you today, Jesus, that you would take your word and let it find a heart, God, that is hungry. God, somebody, Lord, that needs something from you, I pray, God, that I could say something that would help them today. Thank you for the privilege of teaching your word. And we ask you, Lord, to open up understanding and revelation to the hearts and the minds of those that are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so getting right on into this now, we're going to uh, read a couple other scriptures here. Um, Ephesians 5 and 27. Um, we'll turn over there real quickly. And uh, But 
finding out here that God, when he comes um, after a bride and when he's looking for um, hands to use and people to, to pour out his glory on, he pays attention to detail. He wants to know uh, the heart and the condition of somebody. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but that God looks on the heart. And uh, the reason being, with that, I've heard a lot of people take that out of context, meaning that um, it doesn't really matter what the outside looks like. It doesn't really matter that because God only judges you by the heart. But it doesn't say that God don't judge you by, by the outside. It just says that God looks at the heart because it gives apostolics and it gives people of, of God even a more incentive to live right when you know that that's what people are looking at because people can't see your heart. But the outside is a reflection of what's actually inside of the heart. And Ephesians 5 and 27 says... Uh, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even to the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this cause shall... Uh, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife they too shall be one flesh this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church and here God is letting us know that it's important on how we um, go about living our life and what things we do what things we put in our life he says that he might present to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle um, leading up to that it says that uh, verse 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And so the only way we're going to be able to be justified and sanctified and cleansed is by the word of God. And it's through the things that we put into our mind through the word of God, through the things we listen to, the things that we uh, follow after, the desires that we put in our heart, um, and things of that nature will determine whether or not we are going to uh, follow the path that we need to follow or whether or not we're going to follow the path that the devil has set for us um, And so many times we get off course and thinking that it's okay to do things our own way uh, A lot of people say, you know, I've heard a lot of people say does it really matter? Uh, you know if I obey that scripture or not does it really matter if I do what my pastor says or not? Does it really matter if I follow the plan of salvation that's in the Bible or not? And I just wanted to touch on a few little things here to ask that question. Does it really matter? Uzzah, did it really matter about touching the Ark? The Ark of the Covenant, did it, did it really matter when Uzzah put his hand out there? And I've heard it be said a lot, and I agree with this, that um, Uzzah probably meant well. You know, you think about it, you're looking at the glory of God that's in the Ark of the Covenant. The cart begins to shake and to rock, and the Ark's about to fall. And, you know, he's... the. the the carnal mind could could rationalize in their mind. He was just trying to save the glory of God. He was just trying to do what he thought would be best to help. But we understand that when uh, God puts a law in order, he doesn't break that law. He puts things in the word of God. He puts things and commandments that he expects us to follow and to obey. And so for Uzzah, did it really matter if he touched the ark or not? Well, we found out when Uzzah touched it that he dropped dead. It didn't matter what the the motive was it didn't matter what the reasoning behind it was God had a law and he and uh, Oza broke the law uh, Cain and Abel Abel did it 
does it really matter? I mean, I'm sorry, Cain, does it really matter that you didn't give an acceptable sacrifice? Uh, did it? Does it really matter that you didn't uh, kill a lamb and that you didn't sprinkle blood? I think it really matters because when you look at the, the, the Bible says that God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he rejected Cain's. You look at Saul, the story of the of the of King Saul, and God told him to kill all the Amalekites. Did it really matter that he didn't kill all of them? He almost killed all of them. He did almost everything God told him to do, but he left something out. Um, Abraham and Lot. Does it really matter, Lot, what direction you choose? Does it really matter, Lot, where you choose to go, where you choose to pitch your tent towards? Because our pastor has always said, and I always like to kind of quote the man of God, the things I've heard him say through the years. And he always says, you better look where you're going because you're going where you're looking. And I've heard him say that many times. And it's so true. If somebody's got their eyes outside of the church, somebody's got their, their eyes outside into the world. Sure enough, before too long, that's the direction they're going to be going. So does it really matter that you come to church faithfully, that you listen to the man of God, that you obey the word of God and put it in your heart. I think if you look at the story of Abraham and Lot and the bad decision that Lot made to pitch his tent toward Sodom, we find out that Lot ended up in Sodom. And who are we to be any better than Lot? Uh, Moses, does it really matter that you hit the rock instead of just speaking to it? God said, speak to the rock. And Moses hit the rock. Does it, does it matter that all the other times Moses got the commandment right that Moses was a good man a meek and quiet man a good godly man a good leader did it matter that uh, all of that got pushed aside when God told him to speak to the rock and he hit it God still judged him for that he didn't get to see get he got to see it but didn't get to enter into the promised land um, Esau despised his birthright does it really matter he said what good does this birthright do me if I starve to death well, you see later on what good the birthright would have done for him. The Bible says that Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And the mindset that was in Esau to, to despise the birthright was one of those, does it really matter? Does this birthright really, is it really take all of that? Does it really matter whether or not I have this birthright or not? You, you can look at things like Ananias and Sapphira. Does it really matter if I don't? tell the man of God everything? Does it really matter if I withhold something? Does it really matter if I lie to God? And because Bible says because they, they have lied that God struck them dead and they had to deal with the consequences of a bad decision. Uh, you look at the Passover and the, the um, sprinkling of the blood over the, mercy, over the doorpost. And uh, we see that does it really matter to the people in Egypt whether or not you had the blood over the door? It was a command and a lot of people probably brushed it off and said, ah, that's just, that's silliness. Who would put blood over the door? Who would do that? Does it really make a difference? Does that really matter? And so you look at all these things and every time there was a detailed plan that somebody was supposed to follow. And in every situation that I, these ones I brought up, there was somebody who took a little lighthearted the instruction of God. Somebody had just overlooked a little bit of this or a little bit of that and in some instances it wasn't much of anything some some instances it didn't seem like it would be what does it really make a difference here does it really make a difference there and that's what we get to when we get to the religious world today when they look at at scriptures and they they take them out of context and they look at this and they're adding what they want in and they're taking what they want out and um, 
we see this time and time again where people get stuck in a rut and they say I don't really matter where you go to church it really don't matter what you believe it really don't matter um, you know if I'm baptized if I'm not it don't really matter what name I'm baptized under it don't matter if I'm baptized in the titles Father Son Holy Ghost if I'm baptized in Jesus name it don't matter if I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior if I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost it don't really matter whether or not I live a clean and holy life these are things that we discuss these are things we go over time in time out uh, you know if you've listened to any of these Bible 101 podcasts you've listened to several times brother Mills teaching about uh, doctrine issues about things taking us all the way through the Bible and I know I have listened to many of them myself and really have enjoyed the lessons that brother Mills is teaching and here today to ask you if you haven't heard all of them to go back and and I refer you back to those today to, to listen to some of the good teaching that's on those podcasts and and follow it in the Bible with the Word of God and go through with it and uh, you'll see that God has given us direct instructions on how um, we should live our life and how we should follow after but anyway this is the one thing I wanted to point out here about um, about the man Moses the Bible talks about that he was the only man on the face of the earth that found favor in the eyes of God and because of that uh, he was able to save his wife and his children and his children's wives uh, a total of eight people got on the ark and here's the thing that I think a lot of people overlook in in this story not only in this story but um, in life in general we get the idea that well it's this is my it's my body it's my church it's my soul I can do it how I want to do it but God told Moses Moses or I'm sorry Noah God told Noah not Moses Noah he said go get on that ark and I'm gonna save you from the flood but Noah you don't get to build the house that you're gonna live in for the next little while while you're on the ark and the floods coming the house that's going this little ark that is where you're going to live is going to save you but you don't get to build it the way you want to build it you're going to build it the way that I said to build it you're going to put one window in it you're going to put one door in it you're going to do it the way that I said to do it and that's where we find out the Bible talks about straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life and few there be that find it you go all the way back to, to Noah and you can see where there was a narrow door there was only one way to enter into the ark and very few people found the way we go back to that today because if you're going to build some your if your salvation is going to get you out of here if it's what's going to help you escape the wrath of God and able to escape the judgment of God then you're going to have to do it the Bible way you're going to have to build your salvation upon the rock that Jesus Christ said was built up the church was built up on a rock the gates of hell shall not prevail against it but it was not upon Peter and it wasn't upon a physical rock but it was upon the rock of revelation the revelation of the Word of God the revelation of who Jesus is it all starts with that how can you serve Jesus if you don't know who he is how can you worship God in spirit and in truth if you don't even know the truth how can you um, live your life according to the Word of God if you don't know what the Word of God says so I encourage people today that are out here listening to go through the Word of God and find out what it says and to follow the detailed plan 
we go to the um, Ark of the Covenant in Exodus 25, 8 through 22. I won't read it all, but for the sake of time, you can go do it and uh, and look it up. It's Exodus 25, 8 through 22. Um, when Whenever you're uh, listening to this, go through, take the time, pause it, whatever, and study through these, and you'll understand what I'm talking about here. But Exodus 25, 8 through 22 talks about that Moses was instructed by God on how to design the Ark of the Covenant. How the Ark of the Covenant was to be transported. How the Ark of the Covenant was to be carried. Um, how many rings went in, into it that the, the, the uh, staves went through to, to carry it. How much gold was in it. And how, how it was designed with the cherubims on top of the, the mercy seat. And all of these things that God put into detail. And why did God put so much detail in it? It's because that was going to be carrying the glory of God. And so today we don't have the Ark of the Covenant. And today we don't have the, you know, the, the tabernacle in the wilderness. But what we do have is we have an ability to carry the glory of God, the presence of God with us. But if we're going to do that, if we're going to have the glory of God in our churches, we're going to have the glory of God, and the power of God in our services, we're going to have to follow the detailed plan and build it the way that God said to build it. Uh, the Bible says, and accept that the... The Lord build the house. We labor in vain who build it. So we can't build it in our own way. We've got to build it under the way that God says to build it. We're going to construct something that God likes. We need to build it the way that God likes it. You can go on over to Exodus 26, 1 through 5, and then read, eight, uh, just actually just read 1, one through 9. Uh, Exodus 26, 1 through 9, you can find out that God gives Moses a detailed plan for the tabernacle. Now this is a tabernacle where the brazen labor that represents um, baptism and uh, the mercy seat and the, the Ark of the Covenant that is going to be set there representing the holiest of holies and the and the, the glory of God. These are where this is going to be represented and this is where this is going to be presented before. And if you're going to do that, Moses, you can't just build it any old way. You've got to do it the way God said do it. Follow the detailed plan. Uh, then we get to First Chronicles. Uh, you can read that for yourself in First Chronicles twenty-eight ten through eighteen. God starts giving a detailed plan to David. Now, David, you're not going to build the tabernacle. You can't build it. You've got too much blood on your hands. But you're going to have your son build it, and you're going to tell your son to build it this way. And it's going to have so many rings that's going to go into the curtains, and so many curtains it's going to hang in the to, to divide the tabernacle from the, the holiest of holies. And all these things are going to be divided. And all these things are going to be done. And you're going to put so much uh, of this on it. And so much of that. So much gold and so much silver. And all the things that's going to go into it. And all the money that's got to be spent. David, you can do it. You can have uh, Solomon do it. But it's got to be done by a detailed plan. And when I go back to that, I think about that the Bible tells us that Jesus tells us that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so, if our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, then we have to do it and build it and make our life upon the Word of God and follow the plan of salvation and follow the things that God has for us. The Bible talks about us being a holy nation, a peculiar people called out to be separate and to be different. And so, that's, you know, if you go all the way back to the beginning of time, uh, all the way back when Jesus or when God created the heaven and earth 
And we see that God began to divide and He began to separate the waters. He separated light from darkness. He, separ he separated the, the waters from dry land. He, and God began to separate and He began to put a, distingu a distinguished separation between light and darkness, between good and bad, uh, between good and evil. And against all these things that we have to encounter day in and day out, there's a distinction that God made. And that's why God has called us out to be separate. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. There's a detailed plan that God wants us to follow, and it's to abstain from the things of the world and to cleave unto the things that are God's. Uh, I'm going to finish up with a couple other scriptures here. I'm going to read Matthew um, 5 and 18. Um, Matthew 5 and 18 says, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. God said not one jot or one tittle is going to be taken away or, or to be removed from the word of God. So who are we if God said it's not going to be done? And who are we to come in and say, well, you know, I want to cut this out. I want to take this out. Um, the story has been told many times. I've heard it be said by several preachers about a man who went to his uh, on his deathbed. The, his pastor came in and was going to pray with him. And uh, began to tell him, he said, well, we'll pray and we'll read the, read the Bible. Where's your Bible? And he said, well, the Bible's laying over there on the, the desk. And he went over and picked up the, the Bible. And he said, well, what happened to your Bible here? There's hardly any pages left in it. Most of it's all cut up and shredded up. And, and why in the world? What? You need to get a new Bible? Or what is wrong with your Bible here? And the man said, oh, no, no. This is the Bible I've had for years. Nothing wrong with it. I went through it and read it a lot. But he said, every time in your teaching and your preaching... You would say, ah, oh, that's not important today. That was take that, you know, we that's not for us today. He said, so when you would tell us that, I would just go cut that portion of the Bible out. And that little bit of Bible that's left there is all that's left of the things that you told us that wasn't important. And so uh, I think that's a good example of somebody that, that shows that uh, they're going to follow what their pastor says or what the preacher says and not just look after the word of God on their own. They say, well, I'll cut that out because this preacher said I didn't have to or I'll, I'll follow this direction because this is what the preacher said I need to do rather than go to the word of God and find out the word of God and what it says. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, going to 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, read from verse 13 and 14. It says, Hold fast the, the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was com committed unto thee by the Holy Ghost that dwelleth in us. There it says to hold fast the sound words which has been has heard of me in faith, the love of Christ of Jesus. So here we go. We, we see that he's saying hold firm unto the things which the good words that we have already taught you to hold on to those things. Um, that uh, then we go go to First Peter chapter twenty, verse twenty one. First Peter twenty and verse twenty one says, "Knowing the first that no prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation, for prophecy came not in old times by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on." By the Holy Ghost. So these holy men of God were spake, uh, spake as they moved on by the Holy Ghost. As, as the Holy Ghost began to deal with them and begin to uh, 
to inspire them and they begin to write this word of God down who are we to say that well I would rather listen to the words of Jesus than the words of Peter and take things out of context and who are we to say that uh, I would rather do this or I would rather do that I would rather follow the teachings of John the Baptist than to follow the teachings of Jesus I would rather follow the teachings of this of uh, the Pope than to follow the words of Jesus who are we to make that distinction only the Word of God has the ultimate authority in our life to be able to direct us to guide us in the way that we should go and so um, today I thinking about uh, how I was going to end this and and uh, how we're going to wrap up our little lesson here today but I just wanted to um, make sure that we're getting it in our head that it does matter it does make a difference um, what is being preached to you what is being taught to you uh, the details of, of scripture the details of doctrine um, the Bible says that all scriptures uh, that no scripture give a private interpretation but holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost and that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be perfect thoroughly furnished into all good works and so with that being said we think about uh, we're already reading from Ephesians 5 and 27 that God will offer unto himself a a bride without spot or without wrinkle and then going back over to first Chronicles 28 when God is giving David the detailed plans of a temple and then we go back again where we've already mentioned that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which you have which is not your own but you are bought with a price wherefore glorify God in your bodies and so we look at these things and we want begin to wonder well what are the details okay if God if you pay such close attention to detail then what are the details what do we need to follow and some men will just look at the Bible and they look and they say, Well, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But they do that without even thinking about the fact that the name is mentioned. And what is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? And what is the name of the Holy Ghost? Well, friend, let me tell you, the Word of God will tell you over and over again if you just take the time to study it. And you take the time to look through there and begin to open your mind to understand what God is actually telling us in His Word. We begin to find out that the name of the Father is Jesus. Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. So we, we, we find out that the name of the Father is Jesus. And we, we, of course we know no one hardly disputes the name of the Son. The name of the Son is Jesus. And then we find out that the Bible says the the Holy Ghost, which is the Comforter, which I, which the Father will send in my name. And so we find out that the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, his name is Jesus. So when you baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, you are baptizing in the name of Jesus. And neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Then Peter said in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, uh, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and then we find out that when you, the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all in one accord in one place 
Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. A lot of people will say today that that's archaic, that's outdated, that that doesn't apply to us today. But that is, my friend, the details of the Word of God. And details are very important. Uh, we can talk about with confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, but the details of how you confess with your mouth and how you believe in your heart. Uh, the Bible says, He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thus spake he of the Spirit, that they which believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so, today when we look at it and we get under the, the, the inkling of our own opinion, our own idea, and we start to get this, this uh, question in our mind, does it really matter? Does it matter whether or not I go to church? Does it matter whether or not I have a pastor in my life? Does it matter whether or not I obey the teachings of Acts 2.38. Well, let's follow through with it and we'll understand when Paul comes to the upper coast of Ephesus, finds him certain believers, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That believing wasn't enough here, believers. Believing, uh, believing wasn't enough here, disciples. Have you been baptized? Yeah, we've been baptized. Under How was you baptized? The Apostle Paul put emphasis on uh, Holy Ghost and how you was baptized. He put emphasis on the details that same thing that happened to him he made sure that he preached it and taught it to others that it could happen to them also and that's all I'm here to do today I'm not here to um, cast stones at people who may not know this truth in its entirety people who may not understand the fullness of who God is and uh, Jesus name baptism and uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidence and speaking in tongues uh, maybe there's a few things that you're confused on. We ask you to leave comments on this uh, podcast here, asking maybe for in more of an in-depth Bible study. Uh, we ask you maybe to uh, uh, listen to more of the podcasts that are on here today. Uh, many of them that, that deal with these issues and these subjects that go more in details and more in depth. But we ask you to, to open up your heart and your understanding and let God deal with you and direct you into the to the lifestyle that he wants you to live and the bible talks about that this is the rest wherein the weary can rest these are weary times we're living in these are uh, restless times these are times where a lot of people have questions and there's a lot of confusion in the world and all that jesus christ has the answer and it's found in the word of god the bible says study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth you have the opportunity and you have everything right here at your at, you have you have it all you need all you have to do is open up the Word of God and begin to let God uh, direct your path and give you direction that you need to follow with that being said today I'm going to go ahead and close up and with a prayer and then we'll turn this back over to Brother Mills. Lord, we love you today. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to teach your word. I pray that something we said in this little podcast today would resonate in the hearts of those that heard it. And Jesus, get credit, get glory, get praise for any good thing that comes from it. Because, God, we are just a vessel of uh, clay. It needs your help, Lord, to make anything good out of it. In Jesus' name, we ask you to do these things because we know that you can. You have all power in heaven and earth. And we trust you today, God. We believe you standing on your promises, knowing that your promises are yea and amen, and your word is true. 
In Jesus' name, we love you today and give you glory, God. Amen.